Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Thursday edition of City Watch's American Citizens podcast, our, our brand new schedule. We're, we're, we're going to be a little bit more regimented for you from now on, so you know what days to expect the podcast, but also with some bonus content in between. Um, so my, my name is Gray. I am with Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, good sir. Um, and what we got today, we have a double dose of Swansea, and it has been a rather busy week in off-field news as well, and we will definitely be covering that. Um, so let's start right in with the Swansea game, which I had the privilege of watching on the world's choppiest stream with Portuguese commentary. Kind of weird. Kind of a weird one. It, it felt a little bit uneven. Obviously, it was pretty much a completely changed team, and... Like like we said on the last one, Guardiola wasn't going to really show too many of his cards to Swansea, given the more important league game at the weekend. Um, so really what I want to do is, beyond simply assessing the performance, which I'd still like you to do real quick, but let the youngsters, in particular the youngsters who started, which was um, Alex Garcia and Angelino. Alex Garcia, who I thought was worthy of man of the, man of the match myself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, why don't you take it away on Alex Garcia, and I'll see if I even have anything to add. He looked so comfortable on the ball, was what struck me. He didn't look like he was just a youngster getting his first start. He didn't look like a 19-year-old at all. He looked very composed. He looked, and obviously it was a cup game, but they were playing a Premier League team. So there was definitely so much to be encouraged by, I thought by how composed he was, how steady he was on the ball, how he seemed to fit in so seamlessly. And he took his goal very well as well, obviously. Probably stole it from from Kalechi, but who cares? Um, it, It was very, very composed. And I thought, you know, if you play like that, then you're going to get more chances in the first team and not necessarily just in the League Cup either. Yeah. Um I have to agree with you about the composed part. Like, throughout that entire match, he looked like Modric. Like, you know how Modric just kind of runs out there in midfield and just knows that he's the boss? Our friends on the City Watch pod, someone made that comparison in a tweet to them, and they retweeted it. You saw that. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not. Yeah, it's actually legit comparison. So, yeah. Yeah, no, he, you know how Modric just looks like he's he's got that very casual gait to him, even so, though he just yeah. God, so, I love Modric. He's one of my favorite players in the world. Dominates the midfield just and silk. he never looks Absolute like he Rolls Royce of a footballer, and I know that term is used, but it really, really applies to Modric. Oh my God, I love watching him play so much. Uh, but he looked like a cross between Modric and and Busquets with the physical stature. Um, I gotta say, man, I, I, I know that I've been pushing for John Stones, uh, you know, but my God, that guy's going to be a natural center, pep center defensive midfielder. There's just no two ways about it. That is, that is everything Pep wants in a center defensive midfielder. And you talk about that finish. That was class. That finish was class. It was I'm not going to say a terribly difficult finish, but it certainly wasn't the easiest shot. And he took it with 
the composure of Francesco Totti. Just yeah. no hesitation, no nothing. He knew where he was going with it, and there it went. Yeah, at the risk of at the risk of hyperbole. Obviously, we always preface this by saying these 18, 19, 20-year-olds, they're going to have peaks and valleys. Alex Garcia is going to play a bad game at some point. It's all part of the growing learning process at this level. But you have to be so encouraged by what you saw from him. Angelino, I'm going to give him a pass because he I thought he struggled a bit. But at the same time, it was, it was a first real start for him. He was playing in a position that still isn't completely natural to him. So I'm not going to sit here and slate him for, for things like that because that's going to be an adjustment process for him too. Um, absolutely, he still has, I think, the attributes to be a contributor at this level. I, not immediately, I have, but... Yeah, I have my question marks about Angelino's long-term future at City. And that's because I saw him up close and personal with NYCFC. And I just... I didn't feel encouraged by where he was at. Like, this was a guy getting washed by Jayasi Zardes. And maybe they know that, and maybe that's why they sort of had him as a winger. Because he just wasn't... He, I know he didn't really do much in the way of defending when in, in his MLS spell. No, he didn't. And it wasn't so much that... He didn't because he wasn't called upon. I just don't think he was very good at it. Um, look, man, I know Angelino's one of those guys. I feel like Angelino and Brandon Barker for me right now are kind of chilling in the same territory. That I have my doubts about their long-term future. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it and sure as F hope that all, you know, both of them make it because I enjoy watching them. And let's be fun. Let's be fair, dude. Angelino's got one of the funnest names. It's just fun to say. Does. Either or. Uh, to Sende or Angelino. So uh, I really want these kids to make it. But I have my reservations about Angelino. Yeah, that's fair. I think they're still trying to figure out what to do with them. Because I, I, like you said, I have no doubt that Pep is at least aware of his MLS spell and how the defending looked on his MLS spell. And his, his thinking is, well, maybe he's not a left back. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's something else. Um, performance uneven. My my remark that I made was Gail Clichy scoring with his right foot is well yet again further proof that Guardiola is the Messiah that we have all been waiting for. Um, <laughs> I the first half in particular. If Jesus Navas bags a hat trick. I'm going to come around fully on the if, Messiah. If, if Navas even scores with his left foot, then I think we're just going to go with full converging and converting into a different religion here. Um, but I thought the first half they were pretty uneven. The second half was better. There seemed to be a little more about them, especially you know once they once you bring De Bruyne on, you're really going with. <laughs> You're really settling things down and just bringing the hammer down. It's like, all right, here we go. This is it. You're done. It's over. Um, the goal. It was I, almost like a baseball closer, dude. It was almost like facing like 
what's his bucket? Craig Kimbrell in his prime, you know? Like, Mariano. <laughs> yeah, they just brought on De Bruyne to close it out. Like, you have to wonder what poor Francesco Guidolin is thinking at that point. Like, really? They're going to do this to me? They're going to do me like this? Fine. Um, but, yeah, I I thought they settled down in the second half. I thought the, the, the goals were deserved. Their goal, scrappy nonsense. Crap, whatever. But... Not too worried about it, um, but yeah, I was. I'm not worried. I I thought it was kind of the opposite of what they've done, where they didn't quite come out like gangbusters, but they finished better than they started, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I uh, the performance was definitely one of those shaky performances but then i think that people are going to point to the number of youth players starting and they'd have a fair point um swansea uh definitely was was coming at this from the purpose of well we want to win it so like you said this was a quality premier league team this wasn't a you know a bs Squad, So, you know, you have to feel encouraged by the fact that Pep Guardiola essentially did the same thing, more or less, that Manuel Pellegrini did to a certain degree. (laughs) But he actually won his game. Like, he got the job done. Um, So, uh, I overall, I feel encouraged by the result. But it's hard to know what to take away from it because, like you said, and, and and I suppose we can get into this in just a second, but Pep Guardiola was really just trying to get through that game with a win and uh, uh, not show Swansea what he's going to really hit him with on the weekend except for Kevin De Bruyne. So let's, let's talk about, because this is one of the questions that we got, so I might as well work it in here. Um our, our caller of the CB on Twitter asked us what happened in the first half last night. We looked like last season's squad, and then it all changed. We did rotate, but I think that there was something to be said about um, I, I don't know the the rotation for one. And we both said that roughly Pep is going to be careful about this game with the game planning with the. Uh, showing his hand, because he does think about these things, and he does know that, frankly, we play them again in three days, and the game last night was the less important of the two. So, that's my general thinking on that. I think they could be forgiven for, between the youngsters and the rotation, I think they could be forgiven for the slow start. Yeah, I'm 100% inclined to agree. I don't really see uh, any real... They weren't far off, I would note. It wasn't like they were just completely not at the races. It was kind of... Remember we talked early in the season about just, like, the timing was not quite right. Yeah, it just... It, it, things weren't clicking. Like, it just... You know, they play a ball up and the guy had already stopped his run. You know, it's just like in FIFA. Everybody who's played FIFA has had those games where... It's not that the computer is doing a bang-up job. It's that you keep screwing up every damn chance that you get. It's either just wide or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just one of those days. That was like the first 20 minutes of that City game. Like, it was a bunch of people who'd never played before 
looking like a bunch of people who'd never played together before, just missing each other. These were obviously extraordinarily high-quality players, and that's really, if you want to talk about something, I think that that's a great talking point. This was a team that was just off the mark, and they'd never played together before. How encouraging does that have to be? That Pep Guardiola can slap crap together and just be like, this is my squad today, and it can still be a middle middle table or whatever you want to call Swansea uh, Premier League club. It's not like they're chicken feed, you know? Um they may be on a downward slope, but I I don't know, man. I've 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 always thought Swansea have been one of the tougher games. I know that City haven't yeah. had problems beating them, but they're not easy. They they to did for a few years away when they first came up. Yeah, it was particularly under Rogers in the first year, and then they transitioned to Laudrup. That was I think when they were at sort of their best. They were kind of a slick outfit. They they played well. They were like a better – we talked last week about how Eddie Howe wasn't going to back down from an opponent. He was going to try to play against them. Swansea were a better version of that same outfit. They were the same way. They had the same ethos. Um, so, yeah, I, I've always kind of rated them as one of the better mid-table opponents that you can run into. Um, but really, I think that's all it was. It was sort of just this instance of um, of dealing with kind of a slapdash thrown-together side that – was not particularly playing, hadn't particularly played together at any length. Um, that's why I'm not worried because watching it, you could tell it wasn't a case of they weren't, they didn't have it. It was a case of they weren't clicking, but it was there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the crazy part about all of that is, is that even just the minor inclusion of De Bruyne, like, at the end, made that team look just... Like, Swansea didn't know what hit them when De Bruyne came on. Like, and that's the scary part. Like, you know, you could just drop one of those players in and it completely, you know, changed the ice cream in the Sunday for, for Swansea City. And, and they have to be thinking, well, crap, man, Aguero's back. Uh, you know, yay, we don't have to worry about Nolito, but now you got to worry about Aguero. And if you gave up a goal to Guile Clichy and uh, Alex Garcia, you know, I I had Nacho didn't have a poor game by any stretch of the imagination, but I wouldn't call it one of his best outings. Yeah. He just sort of he sort it, of didn't have a lot to do. Kind of working hard, but nothing really came down for him. Right, right. Yeah, he was doing a lot of work off the ball. He just never got the ball. Yeah, it was like I said, it was kind of a weird, weird performance. Um, I'm going to pose another question that we got from our, our, our Twitter friends. Actually, Joe Bailey, who... Uh, Busy working for the man, I assume, but um, he, he wanted to ask, can't resist, in light of Willie's continuing struggles, is there an argument for trying Angus Gunn, given his higher ceiling? Watching that game last night, there was a moment where I just sat there. It was the moment that he passed it directly to, I don't remember which Swansea player it was. God, and he put it right over he the He put, put it right on, a, right on a plate for him, and he missed it. And I, I was just like... We can someone please put Willie Caballero out of his misery, the poor guy, because I he's just not suited for this, and that's why I think yes, there is an argument. Yep. 
Angus Gunn might be better suited for these games going forward. Yeah, I think there's a huge argument for it. In fact, if Pep Guardiola really is the youth whisperer, then here's a seminal opportunity to take an English keeper and finally turn him into a keeper that plays a similar to role, a similar role to that which is dominating the European landscape right now. And Angus Gunn, you know, is is sort of being tipped as one for the future for England, although they say that about all their damn keepers, Butland, Forrester, you name it, they're all one for the future. Uh, and, and the truth is, they probably all will get a shot with this England team. Um, but, uh, look, man, if, 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 if Guardiola can get his hands on Gunn, look, we saw how composed Angus Gunn was and, and talked about this in the penalty shootout against Borussia Dortmund. That wasn't too big for him in any way, shape or form. And if a penalty shootout against Borussia Dortmund, which I think they've got, like, what, 25 goals in, like, six or seven games? Some some ridiculous rate right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Tuchel basically did what Pep Guardiola did. He came in, lost his entire squad, well, sold it, and completely rebuilt it around one talisman. Uh, and, and is off to the races with this ridiculously high-scoring squad that looks an even more dangerous version of itself. And in the past, at its best, it's looked like a pretty dangerous version. And, and Tuchel has sort of taken what Klopp did and enhanced upon that much in the same way <clears throat> that Guardiola took over Manuel Pellegrini's possession-based team and sort of turned it into a possession with purpose based team um, instead of as they say in Pep Confidential kicking the ball around in that damned you um, so I, I I think that there are a lot of things you could you could say about Willie Caballero's performance last night and I don't think anything or any of them would be Good. The only, I think about the only thing you could say is that the goal really wasn't on Caballero. There wasn't much he could have done about that. No, no. I want. I, I, I don't think we should make that clear. Bravo I think or Caballero not. got away with a few that. things last night, but the goal wasn't on him. No. Um. Let, let's 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 uh let's ask another question since you've led me into that. Um. Proper. For Guidoline, apparently, uh, sw- our, the mothership just reported that Guidoline is facing the sack if he loses again to City this week. Yeah, well, sorry about it. Um, yeah. Well, he's going to get sacked. <laughs> See, uh, but on the topic, since you brought it up, Singh Amatishwar, again, I know you ask us regular questions. If we're pronouncing your name wrong, we're really sorry. But um, he wanted to know our thoughts on the lack of clean sheets and whether that is a concern for us. Um, I mean, I'd obviously rather have them than not, but they got a clean sheet the last game um, as well as the game before that. And they conceded at the death, frankly. It wasn't the situation where they were up against it. Swansea didn't really get at us that much. 
and their best opportunity was gift wrap for them. So I'm more interested in looking at the quality of the defending and the quality of the chances that are being created against us. And they haven't, the, the quality of the chances created against us has been consistently not high. Um, the only thing that I would add to that, and, and I think that this is something that is, is really one of those things that only matters if, like, you're a purist, but Pep's defensive record uh, is typically a little bit better than this. Uh, but that being said, the season has yet to finish. Um, but his teams have always generally been teams that concede the fewest goals in the league. And right now that's not where city are at. I actually think, I actually think Tottenham own that. Yeah. Their last three games, I would only note the last three games across all competitions, their goal difference is 10 to one. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're they're really starting to come into their own as far as the defensive side of it goes. And again, you go back, you look at the schedule and you look at the matches um, the only goal they conceded against United was a gift. Mm-hmm. The, Absolutely a gift. Yeah, the goal they conceded against Stoke was the world's softest penalty. Um, so that's, you know, they conceded against West Ham, they conceded against Sunderland, and those were just kind of defensive lapses. Um, and and the goal, yeah. yeah. So, it was a really well-taken goal. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. The King of Iceland, Jilfy. Um, I actually think I said I was like, you know, if it wasn't, you know, City and and now me having to worry about whether or not this thing is going to end in in a 2-2 draw, I'd actually say, damn, that was a really pretty goal. Yeah. Imagine how nuclear Guardiola would have gone if they'd have conceded again, by the way, and they had to play extra time. Oh, God. Um, Play? No, it's extra time in the League Cup. They would have had to play 120. And then go to penalties if it was still level. Oh, God. Which, yeah, no. Um, but, yeah, the, the basic point I would make is a lot of the goals we've been... You all, Guardiola would have been really pissed. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. Vincent Company looked like he left there, too, and they'd already used their subs. Oh, so yeah, they, he did. Like that, they'd have been playing with 10 men yeah, for he did. 10 minutes. Yeah, but my, my general point being, at least I would say at least half of the goals we've conceded have been kind of self-imposed or, in this case of the Stoke game, kind of a weak penalty. So I'm not really sweating it that much. If we were getting cut open on a more frequent basis, then yes, I would be worried about it, but we haven't been. So that's that's my general view on the lack of clean sheets. It's something, you know, I wish they would keep more, and I'm sure they will get better at it, but it's not a huge concern to me right now. No, like I said, the, the only thing that, that I would say, and like I said, it's ticky-tacky, is that Pep Guardiola's defensive records are usually a bit more stout, but Gray, you hit the nail bang on the head. City look like they've been inching toward what you're used to seeing from Guardiola, which is, you know, teams often spend so much time chasing the game and the ball that it, it ends up becoming, you know, 6 7 1. Uh, and, and these goal differentials become absolutely absurd. So I'm not really worried about it. I don't think people should be worried about it. And I think, really, when you're talking about lack of a clean sheet, look at how many substitutions were made last night. And then ask yourself, 
if a team like Swansea should be able to score on a team like the one City put on the field? And yeah. the answer is probably yes. Yeah. And they almost did keep a clean sheet. Almost. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, so let's get to the big question, I guess, from that game, which is roughly, how do you deal with the problem like Vincent Company at this point? Because... We don't really know right now. We know he walked off early. There were conflicting reports on how serious whatever injury or non-injury it was. The only thing we've really heard comes from the Mirror since then who fear – who report that it is a hamstring injury and the club fear it could keep him out for several weeks and they're waiting on a scan. So obviously we preface all this by saying that we're kind of dealing in some uncertainty here. We don't know specifics yet. Perhaps by the time you hear this, we will have heard more. But as we sit here and record this, we don't know much yet. That said, given company's past injury history, it's we have to ask the question, what do you go – if you can't even finish 90 minutes? And they have dealt with his fitness. They've been giving him blood tests. They've done everything. They were – so, I never even heard about checking yeah. enzyme levels. They were so deep in his fitness to make sure that this didn't happen again. And if he's walked off at 90 minutes with another hamstring muscle problem, what have you, you know, I I just don't know where you go from here. I think uh, – I'm not – like I said on Twitter, and I'm not going to back down from my point of view. Um, I think anybody who's packing Vincent Company's bags ought to be ashamed of themselves given what he's given to get back. But – I do understand the point that a lot of people are making, the underlying point. I think there's a way to make a point, and then there's a way to go about making your point. You know, there's the point itself and then how you make it, rather. And uh, I do think there has to be concern about whether or not Vincent Company is in your first-choice plans moving forward. It sort of becomes a roomy situation, except for the fact that Vincent Company's still good when he's fit. Um, but I think that at this point, and, and I think for the large part, Guardiola has. You know, Guardiola doesn't look like a guy who's been waiting for, you know, company to... I mean, I know he's been saying all of this stuff, but as you look at the team, do you really feel bothered by, and there's another question on here, uh, which I suppose we may as well answer. Yeah, it. might as well bring it up right now. Yeah, bring it up right now uh, from our good friend Alex Kolarov, uh, the CB, again. Uh, he got about four questions in here. so we, we're, Mind we're you, we're not, com- we're not complaining, mind you. No, We, we no, love that we get the questions. Yeah, so one of his questions, which fits really nicely into this topic of conversations, Stones, Nico, or Stones and Alexander Kolarov, you look at those two pairing options for Pep, and not only does he feel, you know, okay about them, he really likes them. Like... Uh, Otamendi basically looks like everybody else, reborn, like has turned into the guy that, like you mentioned, City thought they were getting when they signed him. Now he looks like that defender. Uh, John Stones can't, I already said enough, you know, about that cat and and probably will, so I'm going to skip it on this podcast. And, And truth be told, we praised the you know, the Kolarov out the wazoo. Um, 
But that's the thing, isn't it? Is that Pep Guardiola turned Kolarov into a center back. Now, why would you do that unless you had some inkling, some notion that Vincent Company wasn't going to be able to give you much, if anything? Pep's dealt with this before. He's dealt with guys like Ribery and Robin who are basically going to get injured just as soon as they come back from being injured. And it happens. Like, I remember Aryan Robin went on, and, and, and it was sort of, it was so similar. Like, Aryan Robin went on as a substitute, I think, in a cup game uh, for, uh, and I think it was against Dortmund, too, but he went on as a substitute in, in a cup game, and 10 minutes into it, like, he had to come off because he pulled the same muscle. And so Pep had to, to, to use another substitution on a substitution he just made. And it was sort of like that game when Vinny walked out there and, like, ten minutes later, he had to come off. Uh, it just – this is sort of where company is at. And, and it's like the F bloke said on Twitter. The fat, uh, the fat bloke. The fat bloke. As we've called. As we've, we've apparently has become his calling card. Yeah, the fact I, I I caught wind of that actually. I, I was rather amused by that. Uh, yeah, the, the F bloke, like he said on Twitter, is there's just sometimes there comes a point where the body doesn't want to do what what the mind knows it's capable of doing. And and I've said this about guys like Mauricio Shogun Hua and so on and so forth, who are just amazingly talented athletes, but. I mean, I think I summed it up best on Twitter. I said Vincent Company is basically a defensive Marco Van Basten. Yeah. Um, what I would say is there's a reason they were in for two center backs. Um, yep. They they knew they knew that at the very least Company couldn't rely be relied upon to stay fit for a whole season. So I think that they are prepared, as prepared as one can be for something like this that you know if he's going to face another few weeks out or even longer i think that they are as well prepared as they could be and they were just sort of bracing themselves for the reality that this was going to happen maybe not this quickly but the the notion that they 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 they're not stupid and they're not going to be so idealistic that they're just going to assume oh we can keep him fit no they're not that they're not stupid and they're not they don't have their head in the clouds to the point that they're going to think that. They're going to be aware of the fact that this is a guy with an extensive injury history and they've tried all sorts of things and nothing has worked. So I think at this point, company's kind of a bonus player. If you get stuff out of him, great. If you don't, well, you know, you've, you've braced yourself as best you can for it. And that's just how I think they're going to have to go forward. I'm not suggesting you push him out of the club or anything like that. Um, no, no, but, I wouldn't but, think that you were. But... At, at this point, you have to face facts. Facts, yeah. You have to look at this logically. Yeah, you're doing the club, the player, everyone. You're doing everyone a disservice if you don't. So as much as it hurts, I think you just have to say, well, Vinny, you know, if we have you, we'll use you, and we would be thrilled to have you. But, you know, we we have to we have to look at other – we have to assess what we got to do here, and we have to be ready with our alternatives that don't involve you. It's just it's it's harsh, but 
this is a club that can't really afford to coddle people. They're, they're in four competitions. They want to win all four competitions, and they can't just sit there and let Vince and company hang out. And, and well, hopefully we have them. They can't do that. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I I think that this is going to be um, – I think this will be handled – a lot differently. I think it will be handled fine, and I think it will be handled behind closed doors, and I think yep. that Vincent Company will be understanding and accepting of whatever... I think Vincent Company will have, honestly... I Vincent think he'll Company, be... The, yeah. yeah he'll kind of, Vincent Company, doesn't he strike you as the kind of guy who's probably going to walk into that meeting and go, guys, yeah. Look, yeah. actually, I have plans of my own, and here yeah. are what they are. I, I, uh, I mean, I don't think he's contemplating retirement or anything like that, but I think this is a situation where... The club and the player are both going to I be able to I think he should come. contemplate retirement of some kind, whether it's from international or club football. I think the number of games that he's putting on his body at this point in his career, I think he has to make a decision. And I know that for him, representing Belgium is the ultimate honor, but there comes a point where you can't even give your club half a season anymore. And I know and that I would, play uh, a big role. On in, that in point, I would, I would add that the, the, uh, the mothership city watch tweeted out today that since August of 2014, Vincent company has played in 56 of city's matches and missed 119 of them. Yeah. So, you know, I would love it if he was fit, but it doesn't I, look it, like it's it, ever going to happen. You're, you're kidding yourself. If you, if you're, putting too much stock into it i think oh yeah i i'm i'm with you on that one it's one of those really unfortunate situations that you say well this sucks yep that's 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 the best way to put it um let's let's move on to the other big story from the week which is pep guardiola well and truly throwing dimitri selic under the bus and demanding an apology from him for all the things that have been said about Guardiola, the club, what have you. And until he gets that apology, Yaya Torre will not play any role with the club. And reports since then have indicated that City will let him join even a Premier League rival in January, such as their desperation to get him off the books once and for all. Um, I will just start by saying two things, and one of them is kind of controversial, I'm not sure this is as bold as it could have, as it's been made out to be in some circles, because you're dealing with a fringe player at this point. You're throwing a fringe player under the bus. But at the same time, that fringe player is Yaya Toure, who has represented a lot for this club. So I think it is a statement. Um, and I think it's long overdue, to be honest with you. I think they have let this go on too long. The uh, the Pellegrini regime was far too nice to do anything like this, and the city hierarchy continued always to sort of their policy of radio silence, which I, I like in most cases, but I think at some point this should have been nipped in the bud long before this. That said, I'm, I'm glad that we've got to this point, and frankly, it's kind of cathartic to see someone finally telling Dimitri Selic just where he can shove it. Yeah, I... Uh... I am a thousand percent on board with this and, and the way it was handled. Um, and, and I thought your tweet was somewhat pointed. 
Um, in that, and for those who missed it, you know, like and, until otherwise, like Yaya owns everything. He does. This he, is, and, this... and in fact, he has tweeted that his agent speaks for him. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is not speculation. Yaya has confirmed it as fact and has not yet said, okay, he no longer speaks for me. I don't have any sympathy for Yaya Torre right now because he could very easily come out and make a statement and say, I want to ask you a question. Go for it. Okay. And 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 I said this to my roommate because I think that having grown up differently, I may have a bit of a different view on Yaya and this situation. I don't know much, but here's what I here's what I do know. Imagine <clears throat> that you're an African footballer and you are trying to take your game to the highest level that you possibly can. And along comes a man, Dimitri Selup, who not only gets you paid, but puts you at some of the finest clubs in the world. Through his Barca. Yep. Um, and, and you've seen how much... Seluk means to Yaya, you know, I mean, there's that obviously pretty it's a, famous it's a picture. father figure, isn't it, yeah, basically? Yeah, and I think he exactly. named his firstborn after him. Exactly. So my point here is, if you're an African footballer who has had the kind of tragedy that Yaya has had in his life, and you've got a man in Dimitri who the rest of the world hates, but you understand on a different level... Do you come out and tell your father to screw off? No, I don't. For the record, I don't think anything of the sort will happen. No, and, and I don't think there's an apology coming. I don't coming. know that I honestly blame Yaya for not because Yaya's not saying anything one way or the next. Right. I'm I'm sure that this situation is killing Yaya because Seluk is, like you said, a father figure. He, there's no getting around that fact. And anybody who tries to remove that from this equation is doing the context to, well, basically they're shooting it and it, it, shooting it down uh, saying and saying context doesn't matter. Um, I, I just, I don't have sympathy for Yaya. I think there's a difference here. I want people to, you know, make sure they understand that. I don't have sympathy for Yaya. But I think I understand what it's like to look up to someone that is an absolute piece of shit um, in, in most of the world's eyes, but maybe looks a bit different to you. Oh, because yeah. Because they've always been there for you. Oh, yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, just the, the reality of the situation is, and I completely, completely agree with everything you said, and I'm glad you said it because I haven't seen the point made and it should be made. That, you know, we're, in Yaya's case, this is not just some guy that's just shooting stuff out of his mouth on his behalf. But um, the fact of the matter is... It's not A.D. Ward and Raheem Sterling. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's a very good comparison because that is the complete different situation where I don't think Raheem Sterling wanted A.D. Ward out saying that. Um, I, I the, But yeah, the frankly, Yaya owns it. 
and there's no two ways about it. That's not meant to be harsh on him. That's not meant to be anything. It's just the stark fact of the matter. Until Yaya says otherwise, you know, he owns this. He takes responsibility. This is his agent saying this on his behalf. And until he says otherwise, that's the only way to take it. Um, I I do love because Guardiola holds all the cards here. Dimitri Selleck already in the English media and ever in the city fan base and generally everywhere is just sort of viewed as a joke. Um, whereas Guardiola retains the respect of the entire footballing world. He was never going to lose this battle if he made it public. Um, so he holds all the cards here. That's, there's no two ways about it. And frankly, he's going to use that to his advantage. It doesn't really matter what Dimitri Selleck says at this point. He's kind of already lost the PR battle and Guardiola has won it. And if that's what we're going did for. Did you read that brilliant article by Joe.co? I did read today? that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was like the easiest tactical battle Pep Guardiola yeah, has ever fought. Just, because he, they're right. Dimitri Selleck is not going to take this lying down. He'll go public with anything. And there you have it, you know? Now, even if... And for the record, I think they were leaving Yaya out of the squad one way or another. Um, the Champions League squad, that is. But now, you know, you can actually pin this and you can say, well, here's why. It's not because you've become a terrible footballer. It's because your agent will not shut up about me and the club and you're not worth the trouble. So, until he shuts up, you sit. Um, that's... I thought... Yeah, it was – Guardiola has won the battle of public opinion. I think it's over, frankly. I think – Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, Toure's career I, I effectively may be over. Yeah, I don't buy that he's going to end up at another top club. And, no, or, no, not he's at all. Might have to go to, yeah, he might have to end up in China if he wants the payday that he so seems to want. And that's the other thing is even if, you know – I know there's a lot of appearance bonuses and stuff involved in the 200k per week salary, but he's still on a base of probably at least 120, 130 per week. And you just know that they could go to him and say, well, all right, you only, you want to mutually terminate? And I bet he would be pretty happy to just sit there and collect the paychecks, honestly. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, I, I think that Yaya... I don't see the demand out there for him. What no. does he fill? What what? No even one if is... I look around at the title contenders. He sure as hell ain't playing for Liverpool. He's not. No, uh, um, not playing for Arsenal. United won't have him. I don't. There's no. nothing there for him. Yeah, look at what Chelsea. Look at what Jose Mourinho already did to Bastian Schweinsteiger. Right. I can't imagine what he'd do to Yaya. Chelsea, no chance. Uh, uh, go. Uh, I don't. Well, see, I don't see it. I could see Antonio Conte being. I think that's the likeliest, but I just don't see him in another top club. And I don't you know, either. you've looked at the rumors of the last two summers when he was rumored to be leaving, and the only club that ever Inter. came up was Inter under Roberto Mancini, who isn't there anymore. Yep. So there's, I don't see much for him. I don't see an escape route for him unless he sucks it up and goes to China. Yeah. I don't either, unless he wants to lower his wages, and even then, even if he accepts... Even if he lowers lower, his wages, I just don't know how many top clubs would be in for Yeah, I, uh, the only way I could see them picking him up is saying, like, dude, A, those wages are coming down in the most inverse logarithmic fashion you have ever seen in your life, and B... 
you're coming off the bench in a bit part role. Pure and simple. He just doesn't, at least in the Premier League, he doesn't have it in him to run for 90 minutes anymore. Oh, I think he would be best suited going to Italy. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not disagreeing. That's why I specified the Premier League. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm with you there. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. It's just Bardiola holds all the power. Torre doesn't have anything to leverage, neither does Sella. Oh, dude, I think you and if you don't think City were behind this. Oh, they were, but yeah, they yeah. they wouldn't. They would not. I'm sure this. Guardiola came to them with the idea, and before he could even get the words out of his mouth, City were like, "Go right. for it, yeah, yeah, we're in, all right, we're in. All right. <laughs> yeah." Um, you want to do what to Dimitri? Yes. Yeah. There, there is a lot of hindsight in this. There's a lot of 2020 hindsight, but I'm sure that if they could go back and get rid of him during the Kate Gate scandal, they would do it if they could do it over again. But, you know, I, I, at the time, I understand why he'd just come off one of the best seasons for a midfielder in Premier League history. They weren't going to do it. And this is a club that has just simply refused to be held ransom by its players at any point. They have not let Torre do it. They did not let Carlos Tevez do it. Um, it's just they they have largely stated, you know what? All right, we are going to put our feet down, and this is how it's going to be. You have a contract. You're going to play for us. And I support that 100%. And they have generally won those battles when the players have taken them up on it. Tevez and Torre in particular have been the two most prominent offenders, I would say. So, you know, going back, I think if they'd have known how the next three years would go, they would have just said, you know, PSG? Okay, bye. Have fun. Um, but, you know, 2020 hindsight. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about this except that Guardiola has just done everyone a favor done everyone a favor run circles around Dimitri Selleck and won the battle of public opinion here it's over it's done with and boom and that's how you end that one that's how you end that one um and I really get into that quick Swansea preview yeah um same game different day basically and it'll be a different team too and I expect the tactics will be a little bit different um I I we never really answered that question, the best center back option, Stones, Nico, or Stones, Kolarov. We can do that now if we want to predict the weekend. Um, I don't uh, know. Who do you like? I think it depends on what the strategy is. I agree with you. I think, I think that if you're... When teams press, I think Kolarov tends to be the favored option because he's I agree with that. got that put. I think you have in a situation where if you're dealing with... Um, a team that you're going to be really playing out of the back against, and you need a, you can you can stand to have a tiny bit less steel in defense. Then you can put Kolarov in there, and you have two guys in Stones and Kolarov who are completely capable of playing it out from the back, and both short and long, and really really hurting teams and cutting them open. Otamendi is not as good at that, but I think overall as a defender, he probably is a touch better than Kolarov. Yeah, that's hard to disagree with. Um, For me, I think the best option... I like Stone's Otamendi, but with Kolarov playing left back... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I'm going to push! I'm going to push and cheat. Then you get the best of all three worlds, really. Yep. So that's what I would agree with, actually, completely there with you. 
I, I like having Kolarov, Otamendi, Stones, and Fernandinho sort of rotating in as the trio of backs. It just, all of them know how to do it. Most of them know how to get forward with the ball, and it just gives City a wealth of options. You know, whichever one of them you tab to be the guy that comes out with the ball, they can do it. Yeah, I'm with you there. So let's let's look at Swansea here. Um, I I I, uh, I would expect Leroy Sané. I think looked a little, still looked like he was going through an adjustment period. Yeah. Um, he has yet to impress. Yeah, and I'm not worried about him not impressing because you can see the skill. But I think between the the inj- the hamstring problem he had and the transition to a new league in his youth. There's, it's a bit of a slow going right now, I would say. So, um, I don't know, does he, we, Colorado, the CB asked us where he plays on the weekend. Does he play on the weekend? I'm starting to agree with you more and more that they might throw Navas, Navas. in there. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be Navas and Sterling. I really do. Um, Sané may play, but it is not going to be Sterling and, and, and Sané. I don't. I just don't. Think yeah, that. I think that's that's a reasonable take. Um, I I think we'll be back to uh, roughly our our regular team, Sans Nolito, yeah. basically. Um, I just don't think that either Sterling or Sane at this point in their careers are tactically proficient enough to trust the both of them up there as wingers. I think that. Both of them right now are best suited at trying to get them into space and let them run at defenders for 1v1s. That's just sort of how I see their application at this point in time. And really isolating Sterling there on the right and basically letting him run at defenders is what has rejuvenated his career. So I think that in order for Guardiola's team to even work, you have to have one winger that is just tactically on top of it. There's right. only one option there. Yeah, without Nolito, it's Navas. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, yeah, I think we agreed Aguero is back this weekend, so he'll be back up top. Um, yeah, because that has, it has been three games. Um. So Aguero will be back up top. I think he'll just revert to the to the regular team, really. I, I I don't think we'll be in for any huge surprises. The only real question is... I think Gundogan will come in, and Silva will obviously still be out with that injury. Yeah, I haven't heard anything new on Silva, so I'm just sort of assuming they won't have him. Yeah, De Bruyne will play function as that sole... Yeah. De Bruyne, uh, it'll be De Bruyne, Gundogan, and Fernandinho in the midfield, I would think. The back four mm-hmm. will revert. Probably Kolarov, uh, Otamendi, Stones, and... His, I would guess Sanya, since Zavala played it midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the front three, Aguero and Sterling pick themselves, and then the only question is uh, Sané or Navas, and we both kind of agree it's going to be Navas at this point. So I actually don't think this is a hard one to predict. Um, yeah, we may have actually successfully just predicted the team. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Well, he'll change everything now. Yeah, I'm just it's kind gonna, of... It's going to be like Adebayor. <laughs> yeah. 
at her bio, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was reading. I was reading the Guardian tweeting about Adebayor smoking and drinking. He, he up to? Uh, he denied. He denied smoking and asking for whiskey in Lyon meeting. Aside from um, infuriating Arsenal fans, probably. Um, who knows? But yeah, I think I like this game for Swan for City, who are playing a Swansea team that just does don't look like they have it at this point. Like we said. Guido Lynn's job is under threat at this point. Um, they look like a team that is still finding their footing and finding, and managers that, finding their confidence, too. Yeah, managers that have the phrase, he's going to be sacked if they don't, generally end up being sacked. Yeah, even if or even if they don't, it's not actually true. Like, I remember Van, Louis Van Hall was done after this game if they don't win it like three times last year, but, you know... Even if it's even a question, then things are probably not looking very good. I think that I saw this question posed. I want to ask oh, you. Go ahead. It's open. Day. Yeah, we're we're about to finish up, but go ahead. Had Van Hal stayed, are United better or worse this season? Huh. I don't know that they bring in half the players they brought in. Then I'm not sure what that leads to. Fair enough. Um. But. Th- yeah, I, I I think that Swansea are a little bit bereft of confidence right now, and not as high in quality as some of their previous squads either, so I think they actually have a pretty good chance to make it 10 out of 10 here. Yeah, the only last question that we have to... Well, Tyler McGrosky asked our thoughts on Alex Garcia last night. Yeah, I think we covered that pretty show. well. Yeah, we, we have you covered, Tyler. Right. We'll, give, we'll give you a shout-out, Tyler, but I think we got that one pretty good. Uh, um, the the Will we rotate midweek for UCL match? The answer, yes. Yeah, they'll have to, although I think they would prefer to keep as minimal as possible. I wouldn't take... We'll have a full Celtic away preview, but... Um, I, I think that that they'll, they would prefer they they're going to have to rotate, but I think they'd prefer not to. I would advise against taking that game lightly because even though Celtic are short of quality, um, Celtic Park's a tough place to go. They'll be up for it. It'll be a tough game. I think it's a winnable game, but it'll be a tough game. But that's what we'll talk about in the preview, won't we? Yeah, I I I. <laughs> Well, two different outlets reporting that City are going to reconsider a bid for Benucci with company out. Oh, and they're reliable, too. Well, the yeah. dead star isn't, but Martin Martin Blackburn knows what he's talking about. Uh, I don't want to do that again. Well, <laughs> well I, the, I, only, the only way I really want to do that is if they end up with Benucci. Like if it's, if you go in for him again, you had better sign right, this time. Right, right, right. Just launch sixty right at the top and just say, "Look, Juve." Privately go to Juve. What do you want? Let's do this or let's not do this. It's mm-hmm. just I, I don't want to go through another saga, and I don't. I, you know, if they're gonna go for him, they better sign him. That's my general thinking on it. Yep. I want to see a signature, and I want it done within, like, the first 10 days of the transfer window. Yeah. Anything anything beyond that, and I'm going to be tweeting, who cares? Yeah. That's After every report. Good way of putting it. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts on this, uh, on anything that you want to bring up city-related before we wrap this up? No, I, uh, I just think I have to say that this, this, 
this winning thing is is pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's strange. Kind of like it. Strange. Kind of like it. Uh, yeah, and it's not just winning. It's like the way they're winning. In, well, it's getting up in the morning and not thinking. Oh my god! How are we going to cock this up yeah, today? Yeah, here we go again. Which like, is how it felt like all of last year. Like it almost feels like Pep Guardiola is the antidote to typical city. <laughs> yes. But having said that, there I the, probably get ready for four nil Swansea on Saturday. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Get ready for 4-0 Swansea and for Pep to go on the only, the biggest nosedive of his career. I apologize, fans. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, I just, I just really, without getting, you know, too big-headed, I just want to say in closing that I, I think it's pretty magnificent that this team can look as good as it did last night with a cast of characters that had never played before. Um, with some young lads that Pep's really talked about wanting to bring in and get them involved because he sees them as part of, you know, a lot of his plans moving forward. Um, And I just... Man, I'm telling you, it's a great time to be a City fan. That's that's really all I'm trying to great, say here. Great way There's to end it, yeah. There's never been a better time to be a City fan. I will let you have that last word. Um, follow us on Twitter, at America Citizens. We are on iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. We're sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back Sunday with our uh, post-whatever, our post-Swansea weekend in review whatever you ha- what have you um so watch for it then until then this has been city watches american citizens my name is gray for josh thanks for listening we'll talk to you again at the weekend have a good one